Welcome to Financial Matters with Richard Oring. I am John Jagay, joined again by Richard Oring, and we have a special guest today, Aaron Kravitz. He is in his fifth year at Penn State, earning his dual degree for bachelor's and master's in accounting. Grew up right outside Philly, 22. He's done two internships at Richard's firm, New Century Financial Group, and at Deloitte Touche. Rich, why is Aaron with us today? Well, first off, Jag, this is our second guest now in Mm -hmm. a row. So it's a new format. It's working out pretty well. I got a a lot of good comments on the first episode we did with the guest. That was great. And I also want to comment that Aaron's on his fifth year, not because he failed a year, but because he's going for a special degree. Aaron, do you want to, real (laughs) quick, do you want to talk about what you're going for, why you're there for five years? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the program I'm in, it's an integrated master's of accounting program. And so basically in four and a half years, you get a master's and a bachelor's in accounting. And in that five-year span, you also take a semester off to complete an internship. So my summer going into my fourth year, my first senior year, I did an internship with you, of course. And then that winter of my senior year, I did a internship with Deloitte in New York City doing auditing. Get a lot of bang for your buck, two degrees in five years. All right. I like it. Exactly. Hey, Jack, the reason why I wanted to do this podcast, it's really amazing. Like all these kids who are going to colleges right now, even before COVID, you hear about some of these kids coming home from the stress they have from leaving home first time on their own, which was so different than when you and I went to college. We couldn't wait to get out and be on our own. But add the COVID situation, and it just adds another level of complication and more stress and other issues for some of these students. And then you have kids who are graduating and not knowing what to do. And I figured, you know, I know Aaron really well. He's actually mm-hmm. my nephew. He did an internship with me last year. Very impressive. He did a lot of the tax projections and wrote a lot of the marketing materials and research. It was, it was a great experience. I've only had two um, interns ever working for me, and I've been very fortunate that they were both very highly intelligent, self-sufficient people who can do their own work with very little guidance. So that was very fortunate there. Uh, maybe I'll continue taking yeah, interns now. I have Aaron here so he can give some insight what it was like for him as a freshman being dropped off at the dorms and mom and dad saying goodbye to dealing with COVID and dealing with how do you become different than everyone else? Because it's such a competitive workforce mm-hmm. out there right now. And how do you position yourself to be employable? What's interesting you said, Rich, about, you know, college experience. I think about when I was a freshman in college and when mom and dad dropped me off, I'd never been away from home. I was five hours from home. I was grew up in Boston, went to school at Syracuse and I was homesick. I was the kid who was homesick for the first couple months. And it took me probably until October, November, until I joined the radio station and started making friends there before I really felt comfortable being away at school. So I can't imagine I know, Aaron, you weren't a freshman for COVID, but I can't imagine someone going away to school for the first time or being away at school and missing out on that social interaction because you're doing your classes over Zoom or you're quarantined or whatever it might be. So I got to ask you, Aaron, college is pretty stressful without dealing with COVID. And there's all these studies, as Rich was alluding to, anxiety, stress and depression that students are dealing with with all the social distancing. Kind of take me into your world, Aaron. What is it like as a college student dealing with all this? I mean, it's definitely relatively stressful compared to years past. What I would say is my experience with COVID going on and being in Zoom University, essentially, (laughs) I would say my experience is a little bit better than the average because being 
you know, well acclimated to college at this point. I'm mm-hmm. on my fifth year, well adjusted. I'm not worried about getting a job at this point because I have a job lined up, you know, and a lot of my friends who either graduated last year or they're taking online classes and looking into getting a job, people are having a lot more stress their way. You know, just from my standpoint, the things that are stressful is figuring out how to navigate the interface of the online classes and whatever. I was in 18 credits this semester. Every professor did things their own way. And it took a few weeks to kind of get that ironed out. But then by the time you have the structure of the online classes figured out, then you have the exams rolling around. So there's another level of stress and you have to figure out how to take the exams online. And as it turned out, a lot of people didn't do too well on some of those first exams. The average in my advanced accounting exam was like a 30%. So, right. I mean, there's that element of stress too. On the other hand, my brother's a freshman and uncle rich, you were just talking about how going into your freshman year during COVID could be a lot more stressful than ordeal. Steven's experience, who my brother, his experience is totally different being in my fifth year. You know, I have my friend circle. I know all the people that I need to know. I'm not worried about making new friends at school, but being a freshman, you know, at a new university, being all on your own, it's extremely hard for people, freshmen like my brother to just get acclimated to make new friends and to be comfortable. I remember, I think um, your mom talking about like, if you leave campus and then you come back, there's like quarantine or testing you have to do before you can come back. Is that correct? Yeah. At Penn State, they're doing quite a bit of testing Earlier this semester, when I first got to Penn State, you had to quarantine essentially for two weeks. And there was no way for them to necessarily prove that you did, but that was kind of an honor system aspect of it. But beyond that, they also had everyone take a COVID test before they were allowed to even attend classes. Your online canvas is what they call it, which is where all of your coursework is, all of your files and whatnot. That would be deactivated until you took your COVID test. So that was one way that they were able to monitor um, and prevent the disease from spreading and whatnot. So Aaron, I know that this wasn't an option for you, especially going into your fifth year at Penn State, but I know a lot of high school kids graduating or people who are already in college and they decided to take a gap year, figuring that, you know what, why start college, you know, or go back to school, pay full tuition, only to have to do it over Zoom. Do you have any of your friends or do you know anyone who actually... Did it gap year because of COVID? So I don't know anyone. I mean, since I'm on the tail end of my college career, I don't know kids in high school who are taking gap years. I do know kids who struggled to get jobs, who weren't able to get a job. Like one of my best friends is looking into getting his real estate license. And he figured he would advance his education during this time since he can't get a job right away. But I don't know people who have decided to go to law school or grad school who didn't previously plan to do it. But I know that is a trend, as you mentioned. Aaron, it's interesting you mentioned that you don't have to deal with this, but your brother being younger did, the adjustment and acclimation to college and the social life. And obviously you go to college to get your degree and your classes and you learn, but obviously the social life is such a big part of college. I think about my friends from college and I've been out gulp 20 years and I Think about, you know, I'll, I can randomly text a friend that said, oh, I saw this the other day. It reminded the time that we, you know, went to this party or went out uh, to eat at this place or whatever it ended up being. I got to imagine that, and obviously your focus, like I said, is your schoolwork, but 
it's got to be tricky to navigate that social balance with the world of social distancing that we're in now, right? Yeah, that's definitely the toughest aspect of things. It's real interesting, too, just the difference between the lifestyle that people are living at State College, Penn State right now versus that of living at home in, in Yardley, Pennsylvania, outside Philadelphia. In terms of the social life at State College, you know, there aren't really real parties anymore. And the big scene for people that are over 21 is the bars. And, you know, when you go to the bar now, it's more of a sit down dinner with your friends where you're getting food. You can have your drinks, but, you know, in years past, you would go to a bar and there would be hundreds of people there. You wouldn't oh, yeah. be sitting down. You'd be standing. So no more quarter night draft nights quarter <laughs> for a draft? Well, people are still going to the bars and drinking, doing what they can to enjoy themselves. But it's just a different element. It's a more intimate scene. You know, it's like you think of a big party, a classic college party. There's hundreds of people. You can't move anywhere. Nobody's really having conversations. It's more of, it's almost like mindless in that sense where you're just drinking and dancing and just making yourself seen. And what it is now, it's totally different. It's super conversational. You know, if you're going to a bar, you're going, sitting down at a table with four or five of your close friends who you see every day, it could be your roommates or maybe it's your roommates plus a group that you hang out with frequently and you're just conversating. It's, it's more intimate in that matter. For me, I like that, but you know, at Penn State, it's a rah-rah school. Everyone wants to party. You guys have no football games to go to, right? Yeah, that's a bummer. You know, I went to Syracuse when they had a legitimate football team, and you know, I live here not too far from the University of Michigan, where football is obviously huge too, with the Big Ten, as you know. And I can't imagine what it'd be like to be in school and not being able to go to the games. All right, so Aaron, we've hit on you know the social aspect, and I can't imagine how hard it is to be going to Penn State and not being able to go to football games. COVID or not, going to college and now being responsible for your own schedule and nobody's going to make you get out of bed and go to class, whether that class is in person or during COVID over Zoom, whichever it is, how have you been able to navigate owning that responsibility of having to go to class and only having yourself to answer to? Yeah, great question. The beauty of at least my experience in college, comparing that to high school and just starting from high school, when you're in high school, it's a regimen much like going to your, your office job is you wake up at 6.30, you catch the bus, you drive to school. Um, you got science A period, social studies B period, math C period. It's the same thing every day. You come home and you get your work done and then you can do whatever you want. Um, the difference with college is the amount of freedom that you have. You know, you might have one class for 50 minutes, three times a week, another class twice a week for an hour and a half. And Besides that, you have all the free time in the world to either get ahead in those classes or you can fall behind. And when I compare myself to, you know, my peers and, you know, I don't like to compare myself to people in general, but just in this example, mm -hmm. I would always focus more on ensuring that not only I went to the classes, but I would kind of get ahead outside of the class. So I focused more on understanding material, understanding concepts and then using the lectures to kind of back whatever I've been doing more so than blindly attending classes, then, you know, being done and having all the free time to just play Xbox or do whatever. Um, now, on the other hand, I had a lot of friends who they would be like, oh, the lecture is enough. I'll go to my lecture and then I'm just going to play Dark Souls all day or Call of Duty all day. <laughs> and these are the guys that, you know, don't have jobs now and they're struggling, figuring out what to do. But I mean... 
going to class isn't everything. Like you gotta, you might not need to go to class, but you should go to class to understand the material. But it, it's more what you do outside of class than in the classroom, which is the biggest difference between high school and college. And for all those kids who are going into college now, I would tell them, you know, make sure that you understand the material because if you just show up to class, you're not going to actually learn everything you need to learn. The environment is cultivated for you to understand concepts on a deep level and not to just show up and then cop out at the end. That's the situation that a lot of people get wrapped into. I wish, Aaron, I could record that answer and play it back to 18-year-old me and my college experience might have looked a little bit different. So that's really good advice. What's the difference between playing it back when you were 18 or 40? Paid more attention in my communications (laughs) classes? I don't know. So last summer when Aaron was home for the summer and he was doing the internship here, he was spending a lot of time with my son, Ethan, my older one. And he was 16, plays a lot of video games. And they were going to the gym together. I remember overhearing Aaron give him the speech about video games are fun for now, but it's not going to help you for the future. You got to sacrifice now with your time. You might give up some freedom and fun time, but it'll pay off in the long run. Because I don't think you were really that big into video games growing up. I mean, you played them, but you played instruments and socialized with your friends and so forth. Yeah, I mean... There would be periods where I'd get into it with the video games. It was more of a middle school thing, which is millions and millions of years ago at this point. (laughs) But it was always something that would come in phases and I would kind of realize to myself, man, I'm not seeing my friends as much as I want in person. Or I don't know. I always found the more video games I play, the more out of touch with my friends and, and like actually being on top of my game I would be. So, I mean, in college, I kind of almost cut video games out completely. This year, I played a little bit just because I'm home so much. Our roommates are playing, but for the most part, I would always try and avoid that. There was always something more productive I could be doing, whether it was reading or, you know, I play guitar, I play piano. I would kind of do those as distractions. I just, I would do anything where I could kind of gain some sort of benefit. I mean, you played rugby for a while wrestling, you know. It's funny hearing you say this, Aaron, because I draw a comparison to social media too. Like what you sounds like what you're saying is if you're living your entire life in the fantasy world of a video game, you're living less in the real world. I think the same probably true for social media. People get lost on Instagram and Facebook forever. They kind of lose touch with reality if they're spending more time on those apps and less time in reality. So I definitely see the comparison there. Yeah. My favorite quote of all time, this is me trying to be intellectual, but... <laughs> One of my favorite books of all time, one of my favorite historical figures is Voltaire. And in Voltaire's book, Candide, all these awful things happen to the main character, Candide. You know, he goes to El Dorado and loses all the gold. He loses family, loses friends. Everyone gets killed or whatnot. And at the end of the book, someone says, oh, but all this had to happen so that we could get to where we are now. And he says, yeah, this might be true. And we could focus on all these things going on or we can cultivate our garden. And I think the quote is, but we must cultivate our garden. And like what he's saying is, and and the way I would apply this to life today is you can be looking at all the awful things going on on social media, or you can be wrapped up in uh, Xbox games, computer games and whatnot. But at the end of the day, what you need to do is focus on cultivating your garden and building skills and being the best version of yourself that you can be. That's that's my philosophical advice. Aaron, I got to say I'm impressed because I don't think I knew who Voltaire was for the first 30 years of my life. So well done. But I have to transition back to the financial piece of this because, of course, the you know podcast is about money. You've talked about 
managing your time efficiently when you go from living at home, being in high school to going away to Penn State, living at college. What about the financial piece of it? How do you deal with having to live on a budget as a college student? I would say my first few years, I wasn't as focused on budgeting and being money oriented, focusing on being cost efficient and not wasting money on stuff. I think it was actually after living in New York City, my internship with Deloitte, where I kind of learned the importance of budgeting. <laughs> living in New York will teach you that real fast. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we would go out for drinks in New York City and one beer would be $10. I felt like I was at a Phillies game or an Eagles game or something. <laughs> yeah. And when you're at State College, nothing is expensive. You don't have that many expenditures, but living in New York City, realizing how expensive rent is, realizing how expensive just the cost of living in general is, I kind of realized then that I needed to start learning more financial management skills or, or learning how to budget myself so that when I graduate from school and I'm living on my own, I don't hemorrhage through all my money and end up having to take money out of my savings or taking money out of my investments. And what I did is I kind of did a project where I tracked all my expenses. I used mint.com classically. Yep. I realized I was throwing away so much money on coffee, on just going out to eat and just frivolous things like that. And so what I've been doing kind of throughout quarantine in, in 2020 is just focusing more on, you know, moderating the frivolous expenses and not being too focused on consumer items and expensive clothing and stuff like that. It's kind of like that whole trend of minimalism, but I'm not too far gone into it. But just realizing that there's ways that you can always improve your money management is a big thing that I've kind of gone into this year. Aaron, I want to come back to how you landed your job for when you graduate in just a moment. I know a lot of people listening are going to ask about that. But before we do that, you mentioned your internship. You had two very different internship experiences at Deloitte and with Rich. Can you kind of talk about what it was like to go into that work environment as an intern and then working in a small firm compared to, the obviously, the giant firm at Deloitte? What were some of the similarities and differences between the two? So I'll start with the biggest differences first. I interned with Uncle Rich first, obviously. And then my second internship was with Deloitte. And interning here was, I'm going to say it was a more enjoyable experience. And I'm not saying that because I'm your nephew or because <laughs> I want to make you look good or anything. But I paid him. Yeah. <laughs> the way I look at it is I would come into work here and is a few people and it was kind of a more friendly environment. People are joking around. People are kind of enjoying life and whatnot. And not to say that people at Deloitte aren't enjoying life, but the work environment on an audit engagement during busy season is super intense. You know, people are working from like 9am till midnight mm. day in and day out. And that just takes a toll on them. So it was just way more enjoyable to come into a working environment where people are refreshed and kind of enjoying their day. And then the other difference would be the type of work I was doing. I mean, the work that I was doing at Deloitte would be kind of just managing spreadsheets and looking at the high level consolidated financial statements of a company and kind of doing little tasks here and there for staff members as they needed it. That makes sense, Aaron, because I would imagine at Deloitte, you've got a very set list of responsibilities at such a large company like that. They have a specific plan for the interns, but it must have been cool on the other side of it, not to say one is better than the other, but it must have been cool in your experience with Rich that you got to take on more, you had a little bit more say over the projects that you were working on. You had, could take on a bigger role in that way. 
Yeah. Um, the projects I would do will go rich. You know, I worked on a few brochures, one of them related to the different charitable donation strategies that you can employ. One of them related to taxable investments and how um, different investment vehicles are taxed, long-term capital gains, short-term capital gains, dividends, securities, things of that sort. And I had the opportunity to work on the entire project myself instead of being kind of a minor piece. And it, it was really cool being able to you know, do the research myself and write the marketing piece. Also the opportunity to work on tax projections and different things of that sort. And I felt that I learned a lot of skills that are just great in general to have during that internship, whereas the internship with Deloitte, you know, both internships I learned so much, but I was learning more specific skills for a career in auditing. That's like the biggest difference, I would say. So Aaron, I really appreciate the kind words you said about your internship. Um, I always look at any internship position. It's my responsibility to give you value. Uh, when I did my internship in college, I had a great experience. And when I went back to college, all my friends were like, oh man, my internship stunk. You know, I worked at register at Disney and I got to do so much. So I felt that my experience for my internship was so important and, you know, for my career and development that anyone who's ever done an internship here, like I said, I had two. And the first one was a favor for someone and he was unbelievable. And when the time came, when you wanted to come here, I knew what I wanted to teach you and give you, especially when you're a tax major. And as you know, from previous episodes, we know that I'm very tax focused on the investment side. So it was like a perfect um, pair, you know, working together with you. But I know that looking for a job today is so different. You know, I'll give you an example. Every single job I've ever applied, I pretty much got except for one. I was looking for a sales position at Cisco Foods and I got a form letter saying, sorry, because you had no sales experience, we couldn't hire you. So I picked up the phone and I called the HR director and I asked her to go out to lunch with me. And she said to me, why do you want to go to lunch with me? I said, because I think after having an hour lunch with me, you realize I have some natural sales skills and maybe you might reconsider. And right there on the phone, she goes, not necessary, you're hired. Today, though, you don't have that opportunity, though. You don't have the opportunity to talk to the HR department and, you know, make yourself different. Everything's done on the internet. Go to their website or, you know, a career website and apply for jobs. And it's got to be very difficult. So I know that you have done certain things in college. You started up certain things. You were part of clubs to be different, to be more competitive than your peers. Do you want to talk about some of that and if that was important to do? Yeah, I think it's definitely important to do. What I will say is with my the program that I'm in, I think like every single person gets placed in a job. It's just kind of a filter program of that sort. But some jobs that you can kind of obtain from the program might be better than others, although all of them are still good. Without knowing that early on in college, I kind of realized that I needed to kind of develop a comparative advantage of myself relative to my competition in, you know, getting a, your first job. And I didn't know that everyone in the program I was going into was going to get a job. So at first I set myself apart by trying to being at the top of the class in terms of grades. And as college progressed, I kind of realized that grades aren't everything. And it took a while. I was so focused on being number one and, and having the best grades I could. It took a while to realize that just because you had the top grades doesn't mean you're going to get the job. You know, I had an experience with another accounting firm where 
I went into the interview. I thought I was the man. I had great grades. I did these case competitions and won a couple of those. I had like one leadership experience at the time being on like the executive board of like a small club. I thought that was enough to get me the job. And I, maybe I came across cocky or whatever it was. I didn't get that internship offer. And it was kind of a slap of the face and a wake up call of, I need to do something beyond just having the best grades I can possibly have to set myself apart. And what I'm about to say here is probably the best piece of advice I could give, whether you're in college or just in general. Like at Penn State, I just realized that there was a hole or a need in the school. And I realized there was an opportunity to create a new organization or a new program to fill that need. And I had learned that people in the business school at Penn State needed to be better writers because we do so much writing in business, whether it's emails or writing a report up. I kind of realized that there wasn't that much coursework oriented on writing and a lot of kids were struggling in that capacity. And I, I created a business ethics journal focused on cultivating writing skills and and I, I was able to start this organization and recruit a good solid team of my peers to help lead it. And, you know, I'm going to graduate and this is going to be like my magnum opus. And although I have the job now, this is in the future, if I ever move on to something else, this is the thing that I did in school that I'm the most proud of. And I would recommend for anyone to, you know, always look for a need in, in a hole that you can fill. And that's the best opportunity is to create something new at your school. You know, Aaron mentioned earlier that he did those brochures for me. When he wrote the first brochure, the first draft, I was like amazed. I never knew Aaron could write so well. I mean, with quotes and everything, it was it was beautifully written. And when I submitted to the compliance department, the the head of our compliance department for marketing, she came back and said, "Wow, he's really good. He's in college. Would he want to do some work on the side um, as a consultant, writing pieces?" So when it was all done and ready to go to press, I sent everything to um, my sister, his mom, and my brother-in-law. And my sister, who is journalism and she has her master's and is a legal librarian, comes back with a correction. My mom does that to me too. And it was such a minor thing. And I don't think she was right. I don't think she was right. And like, I'm reading the email from my whole staff who was impressed with everything. And we're like, she just couldn't say good job. <laughs> we loved it. And I still think she was wrong. <laughs> no, she probably was. She probably was. Aaron, it's been great talking to you for this little bit and getting the perspective of somebody who's not only going to college and finishing up college during COVID, but just finishing up college in general uh, at this time. It's been a few years for me and maybe a few more for your uncle. Sorry, Richard, I had to get that in there. But it's been nice hearing about the stuff you've accomplished, what's ahead of you. I, 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 I just met you and I'm excited for your future and I can hear how your uncle is beaming with pride and talking about you. Uh, Rich, any closing words as we wrap this puppy up? You know what? I, I think the listeners are used to listening to me. Why don't we let Aaron close this out? And then at the very end, we'll give the contact info and our mandatory disclosures. All right. What advice do you have for your brother or anybody else headed away to school at this point, Aaron? For anyone going to school and for Steve, it's real tough right now. Getting used to being in a new place, um, you got more difficult work and you got to be on top of it. But, you know, not to be cliche, but focus on your mental health. And when you're feeling anxious or when you're feeling down on yourself, be real with yourself and understand where your head is at and figure out what you can do to 
understand your emotions and your feelings and, and learn from this experience of uncomfort what makes you feel comfortable in, the, in these dire times. And it will help you grow up and just learning what makes you tick and being able to get outside of your comfort zone. It will pay so many dividends in the future. So just learn more about yourself now and understand how to be the best person you can be. Hey, Aaron, that's great advice. I really appreciate that. For those who want to um, reach out to me to learn more about our services, or as Aaron mentioned earlier, budgeting, if you need some budgeting help, our firm can help you with that. My phone number is 609-924-2049. My direct extension is 126. You can always send me an email at r-o-r-i-n-g at ncfg.com. Or you can go to our website at www.ncfg.com. There's a place there where you can schedule a call. You can schedule a Zoom meeting if you want to continue doing those. But I'd love to talk to you. Richard Waring's branch office is 1 Airport Place, Princeton, New Jersey, 08540. The branch phone number is 609-924-2049. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor not affiliated with Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. New Century Financial Group, LLC, and Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. does not offer tax advice or tax services. Please consult your tax specialist for individual advice. We make no specific comments or recommendations on any tax-related details.